Welcome back to the Unbreakable Boundaries podcast with your host, myself, Jennifer Manili. In today's episode, it's a it's a little bit of an interesting take because a lot of times I'm talking a lot about substance abuse and it's a very like all or nothing kind of, uh, I guess, field that we're in of like, you just got to stop doing everything. And that's not always for everyone. I think moderation for a lot of people is really important. And so this is why I'm really excited for my next guest. Her name is Caroline Hulk. I'm going to hope that I said that right. <laughs> you Hulky. can Hulky, <laughs> thank you. You can totally correct me if I'm wrong. We go with a lot of uh, imperfections on this podcast. So thank you um, for, for correcting that. But she works with like type A, high-performing women. They drink more than they tend to sometimes. It, it's not necessarily a drinking problem, but it's they have like a problem using things as crutch. And I think for a lot of us in this kind of world and the deeper substance abuse, even if we're not the ones dealing with the substance abuse, we can find ourselves using things as crutches ourselves and i just love to hear this perspective that you have caroline on what does it mean to start creating like a healthy relationship with some of these vices that we turn to in anxiety stress chaotic times in our lives so thank you for coming on thank you so much for having me i appreciate it and i think that you know when you as you were doing your intro i was thinking about this black and white thinking that we have Mm-hmm. It's like, we either have a problem or we don't have a problem. And I work with, and and most of life is not like that. Correct. I mean, yeah. Right. And there's a huge gray area. And I, I love being in the position of being able to help the people that are in this gray area and really increasing awareness of there is some, there are resources for you. Cause like right. everybody knows about AA and rehab and like the abstinence only models. We all have good awareness of that. There's very low awareness of, I can get some support when I'm finding myself, like, I just got this, like my inner wisdom is kind of saying, there's something, there's something up here. I don't like this, Yeah, but it's like, it's a bridge too far to go check myself into rehab. Right. That yeah. Go right. Either. Well, and so I think about it even for me, because obviously I think if you've been listening to any of this podcast for for anything, you know that like I'm in recovery. So it's a very black or white thing when it comes around to substances. But Mm -hmm. sometimes like where I fall short in my life is through other vices that I've turned to in order to cope with some things like that. So for me, it's like, I'm a big sugar. I love my tasty pastries. I've gone off the deep end um, in my relationship with basically food uh, Mm -hmm. in general. I love food and that causes some some, um, detrimental things in my life, uh, including, you know, gaining weight, not feeling great, not being as sharp, you know, it does have its physical problems as well as the spiritual. So I think about that, but it's like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to go to rehab over. Yeah. Over food. And I wouldn't even classify it as, cause this is again, a kind of like the the all or nothing black and white, I don't even think of it as like an eating disorder. Right. I am just, there's times where I struggle. And I, I think that's kind of where you land in that gray yeah. area yeah. of yeah. what's going on, Jen, what you coping with? <laughs> right. Right. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up. Not that you're going through that, but it's so, right. so, so common. So common. I can totally relate. Um, so I, the people that I work with, I find that it is, um, over drinking and overeating or over shopping mm-hmm. or over scrolling or whatever it is that overing behavior is yeah. generally a symptom of under feeling mm-hmm. being under unwilling. And, and frankly, it's not even unwilling, but like un, we don't even have the tools in our society today. We're not taught how to feel our feelings. In fact, we're very much encouraged to squash them down. Yeah. We're very much encouraged to Oh, stop crying. Here's a cupcake or, you know, tough day at work here, have a drink or whatever it is, or, you know, look at all the messaging on TV or any, anything that you're watching. It's like, take this, buy this, you'll feel better. Yeah. 
Well, at least for the short term. And you even said shopping. I don't know um, if anyone else can relate to this, but Amazon has changed my life. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, Maybe for the better, maybe for the worse. But there are times where I will, I don't need anything at all. Mm-hmm. But I want to have something to look forward to, mm-hmm. even if it's like in two days. And so I'll just order mm-hmm. needless things yep. so that yep. I can be excited and get my dopamine hit right. when that Amazon right. package comes. Totally. Right. And so, right. Absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm guessing that there's something going on in that moment when you pick up your phone, when you go to the, mm-hmm. la- the computer or whatever, it's like, I don't want to feel on the blank or, mm-hmm. or restless or lonely or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm going to go. And it's not conscious. It's not, none of it's conscious. Oh no, I it's, it, none of it is. And I, I, I feel like sometimes for me, it can be a, a, a multitude of things. Of course. Right? It's mm-hmm. like, do I have enough things in my life to look forward to? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so am I just trying to satisfy that need? at that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. Or it's, you know, I'm just feeling really down about things and I'd like to feel better (laughs) and this will make me feel better. Right. Right. And Hey, I mean, it works (laughs) in the short term. It does. It totally does. It totally does. And that's where it's like, we have to start thinking about our, like our, ourself today is we are, we are where we are today because of our choices yesterday. Right. And so when we think about it in that context, even just a little bit, like I, maybe I'm hungover or maybe I'm feeling a little groggy or I've got some brain fog because I ate too much, many, too many candies yesterday or whatever it is. That is because of the choices that I made yesterday. Cause I didn't feel like writing that email because I didn't yeah. feel like calling my mother-in-law, whatever it is. Right. Right. And so that little bo- boost that we get from whether it be food or drugs or alcohol or shopping or whatever it is, helps us get over that hump. And what I help people do is realize, like work on that hump, really. Right. Like I, I don't go out and say, we're going to go feel our feelings because good Lord, <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would run screaming away from me. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you said, Hey, Jen, why don't you like feel your feelings? I'm like, well, I think i I do that in an exhaustive level. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't want to feel my feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right, right. And and what I have found so often though, and I know from my personal experience is we think we are feeling our feelings, but we're actually resisting mm-hmm. our feelings. Yeah. And that resistance right there, which is so good at the gym, right? right. Those, those resistance bands, we want those. We want like the heavier weights because maybe we can get some tone in our arms or whatever it is. Those are all good things at the gym, but we, uh, like, it's, it's not a good thing when we are working with our emotions, right? It's that I'm feeling crummy today. I'm feeling really crabby. I do not want to feel crabby. Give me anything that I can do. Tell me what I can do to, so I cannot feel crabby. Right. This just happened to me with a client and it's sometimes that's the right thing to do. Sometimes the best thing to do is, and particularly in this case, it was like that pushing, that resistance against, I do not want to go there was so severe for her that it was like the best solution was, I was like, give yourself permission to feel crappy. Yeah. Like hold space for that. Like you would a loved one. Right. Don't require it to go away. And and the irony is it does go away pretty quickly <laughs> when you stop resisting it. Right. Right. right it's right. the resistance that almost makes us feel all the, like the worst things. It's like, if you would actually mm-hmm. just allow yourself to dive into what it yeah. is that you're experiencing and really dive deep, it will probably go away a lot faster. It's the resistance. I think this is my, this is the way that I work in my own, like feeling. Yeah stuff of going stop resisting because that's prolonging the pain a hundred percent a hundred percent because it can go on for days and days and days meanwhile we know that an emotion actually flows through our system in about 90 seconds yes yes so i'm curious what what kind of like got you into focused on this for yourself as a as a business yes my own journey my own journey absolutely i started drinking when i was you know, a teenager. And that was what everybody in my social set did. 
Um, it was a good, I really loved that first, you know, that dopamine hit that mm-hmm. rush. I loved the, the idea that I presented as well. And I was, I mean, I was a straight A student and I was a student leader and all these kind of things. And then I went on to, uh, a, a, a career in corporate and did very well there and all that kind of stuff. And so I had this like type A high performer <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> who was also kind of this rebel who would drink more than I intended. I would call it, I was overserved last night, you know? Right. Um, and, and it was, it kind of, it was that balance out for me. It was like, I do too much of this and I feel the pressure from all that. And this is a pressure release. This is my release valve over here. Mm-hmm. And eventually I just realized as I got older and kind of looked around and saw what my friends were doing, I saw what colleagues were doing, all that stuff. I was like, hmm, maybe there's something off here. And then I started noticing I didn't really feel great in the morning and didn't really love the, I made bad food choices when I was hungover mm-hmm. or, you know, had yeah. overserved the night before. And so and I didn't like waking up in the middle of the night and kind of piecing the like, oh, what, what whatever, what happened in that the end of that show last night? I don't totally, it's a little bit foggy there. Or, you know, the next day when one of the kids would say, oh, remember when I told you that? And I'm like, hmm, are they screwing with me? Or did they actually right. tell me the last night? <laughs> right. You're like, wait, I don't remember that, but that I may have a valid reason or... Or you're just trying to get away with something, right? Right, I I don't know. That's the problem. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It was never like major, but it's like, "Mm, okay. Um, And so I, again, like from the outside looking in, no, nobody ever said, Hey, you need to like tone it down. That was all my internal dialogue. Right. And that's where I, when I talk to my clients, it's like, there's a difference between a drinking problem quote unquote, and a problem with your drinking. And it right. may sound like I'm playing with words here, but I do feel like it, there is, there's a difference. It's like, I knew it. I knew this was something that, you know, was kind of just like, there was that little whisper in the back of my head, like, hmm, there's something's up, something's up here. Right. And, and I don't think that's a necessarily like a play on words. I can totally understand that because it's, you know, for me, it was a very, it was very obvious, even on the external viewpoint from other people that like, I had an issue. There was a problem. It was impacting my whole life. Right. And for you, it sounds like it was a whole lot more of the internal struggle. And on the external, everything was fine. Like externally, no one's looking at you going, man, I really think that she was overserved on a lot of nights, right? Like, like it wasn't, it wasn't something that was very obvious to anyone else, but you were like, I'm not entirely sure I'm comfortable with how things yeah. are going in my life when it comes to, you know, this, this, the, the drinking or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so what was the moment where, I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of moments, but what was there the a lot, yeah. <laughs> a lot of moments, but what was like kind of the pivotal moment that just said, all right, we're actually going to start taking action and doing something differently. Yeah. And then yeah. Well, back. I would say the moment, the moment that kicked mm-hmm. off the, you know, a hundred moments was I was on a business trip. Um, and it was the end of a long, you know, a couple of day meetings, everybody was kind of letting off steam, da, 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 da. One thing led to another. I was back at my hotel room at about four o'clock in the morning. And, um, and I, one of my colleagues, my male colleagues had been hitting on me. Um, everything was fine. Nothing happened. But when I woke up the next morning or whatever, I just that shame blanket Mm. hit me of what could have happened. Mm. 
if I'd had another shot of tequila, what, you know, who knows? And that was my moment of, okay, this, this little nudge has been hitting me for a long time. That could have been a disaster. Right. And that is, that was just, I knew. Right. <laughs> like somebody had been trying to tell me something. <laughs> my, my inner wisdom had been trying to tell me something. And it was like, wake the hell up. Right. And you've had a hundred of these conversations already. Now it's actually time to start, mm-hmm. you know, doing things that mm-hmm. um, are a little bit healthier. And so when you made that decision, how, how, like, what was like that first kind of month? What did it look like for you to kind of make that decision and actually start working towards changing that relationship that you had with alcohol? What did that look like? Yeah. So I would, for me, I downloaded a book. I downloaded this naked mind and I read that cover to cover while I was on my flight back home. Um, I like started kind of tuning in to all the resources that are available. So I started Mm -hmm. reading the books and listening to the books and listening to the podcasts and all these things. And then I found a coach and a coach who was talking about stop over drinking. Mm. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. That's for me. I don't want to stop drinking entirely. I just want to like, make sure that nothing like that ever, 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 ever happens again. Right. And there were lots of starts and stops. There was a lot of mornings where, you know, I'm like, what I, I did it again kind of thing. But, um, as with anything, as with learning anything, mm-hmm. there's a big difference between that decision moment, that breakthrough that never going to do it again. And like the transformation mm. that those <laughs> day in, day out, the unsexy little consistent, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to pick myself back up. I'm going to keep going. Da da da. Right. Because I knew my goal was to, I wanted to, I want to not want it. Right. That was my goal. And so I certainly knew that I did not want to turn to, I didn't want to use it as a crutch anymore. I didn't like that underlying message of that. I was really telling myself that I couldn't handle it. Mm. You know, like when we reached, like, I can't handle it anymore. I'm going to have a drink. And I didn't like telling myself that I didn't like reinforcing that message. And so that, so that first, that, that night when I was in London, that was in August of 2016. And that was my last hangover. So there've been a lot of starts and stops along the way, but there's never been like, um, I, I haven't had a hangover since then. Right. Right. And it sounds like, um, cause I think sometimes even my, perspective of things is when I start changing things and I commit to this like significant lifestyle shift in my life because I've just had enough and I get really excited about it. I I think that things are going to be like white clouds and it's going to be all fluffy and wonderful and nice. And oftentimes it's not as nice as what I would like to start making those changes. It can feel a little uncomfortable. It can feel a little messy. It can feel like you said, there were some starts and stops. I had to kind of like learn, um, Mm -hmm. where was the boundaries, right? Like where, what was I okay with? And what was I not okay with? Right. Is that, is that, and how long would you say that you stayed in that um, kind of learning for yourself what you were okay with and what you were not okay with. Yeah. And I, I call that the transformation. Okay. I call that like, you know, there's the aha moment. There's that decision, which I can, mm-hmm. I love how you use that language. Cause I kind of, I, sometimes I make fun of, I'm not making fun of you, but yeah. like sometimes I make fun sure. of, uh, like I'm decided yeah. I'm going to try keto. <laughs> and I'm like, Mm, that's a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a big difference between that decision and like living it every single day. Right. And that's where, and I think that that is, I think that we need to talk about that a lot more as coaches, Mm -hmm. as practitioners in this space, because we Western people that we, people that live Mm -hmm. in a Western culture, we're used to like that immediate gratification. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mm mm-hmm. 
It's like what on the same day now. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, things didn't go like I had thought that they were going to go and it doesn't feel as good as I thought it was going to feel. So this must not be the right answer. Right. Right. And that is when I, I actually, okay. I love it when my clients get to that point because to me, think about it. Your primitive brain wants you to stay the same. Mm-hmm. It is very motivated to conserve energy and keep everything the same, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because automated behaviors do not require as much energy. That's so true. Right? So your primitive brain, when the, when that resistance shows up, when, I didn't say if, when, <laughs> when the resistance shows up, when the resistance shows up, I'm like, thank you. We're here. That means your primitive brain is freaking out. That means you're doing something right. That means the primitive brain is nervous that this change may, re- oh shit, she may be serious this time. Mm. Like, isn't that a good thing? Yeah. And we're trained so much in, like you were saying, the Western culture that, oh, get a little uncomfortable. How are you going to make yourself feel better? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, got to stop what we're doing. And you're, and you're so on about, like, when I think about myself of, um, that primitive brain, whenever I go to, you know, make a shift or make a change, uh, that's not so automatic. Um, I freak out a little bit. Totally. And then, right. And then it's like, it's like the vicious cycle of the freak out. And this is why I think what you do is so valuable is because left to my own devices, when my primitive brain starts freaking out, I'm going to probably double down on the vice that got me to that place, whatever, if it's food, if it's, you know, Amazon, if it's whatever mm-hmm. it is, it's going to yep. double down left to my own devices. Totally. Cause it's not working. I might as well. It's not working. I feel terrible. This is hopeless. I'm going to go ahead and, and I might as well. Why not? Why not? Right. Uh, absolutely. That's another neural pathway. Right. That's another pattern. And and this is why I value so much about like, you know, what you do and in terms of like the coaching part of things where it's like, okay, you're freaking out right now. Totally normal. Like, let's, let's talk about it and let's come up with some other ways, healthier ways that you can find yourself. I can't promise comfortability in this moment, you're going to be uncomfortable. It's okay. <laughs> Let's work it, through it. Right. And not only that, like, isn't that the point? If you want to stay yeah. in your comfort zone, everything stays the same. Right. Right. And that's not why, that's not why anybody hires a coach. That's not why anybody decides to make changes. They want to change and it goes hand in hand. Think of that bubble around you when you're in your comfort zone. It's called a comfort zone. Right. We step out of it and we feel discomfort. And then we're like, ah, ah, something has gone wrong. No, 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 no. That that's good. It's going right. Right. And so, um, when someone like myself and we've been talking about kind of some of my vices, which is like love eating my donuts and my tasty pastries. And, you know, I go through recently, um, you know, I had, uh, uh, someone, close to me pass away. And it's very sad. And my immediate response to that is go to the grocery store and get chocolate wasted. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Cause I can't get regular wasted, but, um, I get, you know, chocolate wasted and I just eat all of those things. So, you know, we've been kind of talking a little bit about that. So someone comes to you with that, what would be like one of the first, and I know that you've got, you, you must have like hundreds of different things to help people with, but what was, what's your like go-to strategy for someone? Well, I think, I mean, it's going to be different upon Mm -hmm. where they are. Sure. What you've just described right there, I would say what was going on for you right there? Like if we could go back and rewind the clock, Mm -hmm. what were you feeling? You said grief. Grief, really, just really sad, you know? What's underneath that? Um, I think that when it comes to grief and sorry, if I start getting emotional, but we're talking about grief and it's hard to not, (laughs) um, but something that comes up 
underneath all that is um how much I'm gonna miss that person. Yeah. yeah. I'm never gonna get to see them. Um yeah. and just an immense amount of I guess love really. That's yes. that's the that's the yeah. underlying emotion of it all, right? Yeah. Is how much I really care and love that person. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Amen. And I want to honor that. I want to honor that for you because that is what grief is. Honestly, the only reason we feel grief is because we have loved this person or pet or whatever it is, job even so much. Yeah. And that's an honor. Yeah. That is something that, you know, that, that feeling right there, again, we're not taught how to manage grief. Right. No, we're not. We're told to push it away and, you know, buck up and all that stuff. But at its core, it really is honor. It really is mm -hmm. loving that person, that pet, that child, whatever it is, whatever we've lost. Right. And so, and, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so what I'm gathering is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but almost like in those moments, allowing myself to honor exactly those feelings that I'm experiencing instead mm -hmm. of shoving them away. Cause that person that I'm grieving, right. you know, there's a reason and they deserve, they deserve yeah. me to be sad. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's first, it's a step of like normalizing what you're like the actions that we take. This is why this is happening. Like why I don't want to go there. And it's normal to feel that way. And like there, it, when we view it as this is honoring this person, this is honoring this love, this relationship, that takes a different frame of it. Mm. It's also kind of a reminder that your body was designed, like what a lot of times what's going on there is this fear that I'm going to get stuck in it, that I will never yeah. be able to climb myself out. So it, Again, that resistance, keep it away, keep it away, keep it away. Yeah. And that fear is driving it of, I'm going to be stuck here. I'm going to feel miserable forever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and notice that like the, the behaviors that we go to in order to not feel this thing are often worse than feeling this thing to begin with. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I, I don't always, I will like sometimes take a step back and look at the behaviors and I'm exhibiting, trying to cope with the thing that I'm coping yeah. with. And I feel so much worse about the behaviors and the feelings themselves. Right. Then we layer <laughs> on the other, the like, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. yeah, I remember yeah. like there were times and I almost try to trick myself and like go really deep into the, the shame of it. Like I would just, I would walk through the grocery store with my sacks full of like candy or what co coping, whatever it was in my bag and just tell myself what a horrible POS person that I was, that this was not healthy and like just really be hard on myself in that moment. And I was almost like, well, if you shame yourself hard enough, yeah, maybe you can feel bad enough to break the cycle. It did not work. I just want to mm -hmm. say it only just made me feel mm -hmm. that much worse. Uh, and then you want to eat or drink or, then I, or whatever yeah. to get away from the inner mean girl, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have yet to meet a person who that drill sergeant savage talk works on I, yeah. I, I i don't know i have not i have not met those people you look at the science you look at the research studies that they've done and self-compassion actually is more compelling yes you get better results when you are nicer to yourself which is people are like wait a minute we can't do that i'll end up sitting on the couch and eating chips or whatever all day Right. Well, and I, I think, I think it's, it's so funny how the brain works, right? Because I started trying to break down like, okay, well, when you want to make 
you know, changes in your life, what do you norm, like what needs to be in place? And I think one of the common answers and something like even my mom and I talk about, cause she's a, she's a um, coach as well. And she's like, well, usually change comes with some sort of dissatisfaction, right? Like in order for the change to happen, you have to be dissatisfied and want to make the change. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my brain confuses dissatisfaction and shame right? Like, so it's like, oh, if I can just get myself really quote unquote dissatisfied and shame myself really hard, then I will want to make changes. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is why I think, again, this is what happens when I'm left to my own devices. (laughs) I just want to read awareness. (laughs) I just want to reiterate that this is what happens when I'm left to my own devices and I don't have someone else that's in my life, like a coach that I can kind of go that, go down those roads and they can help support and reframe some of those things for me. Right. And this is why I think, um, coach the coaching world. And, and again, you know, what you do is so valuable. If someone is struggling with something like this is because I can't, I can't do this on my own. Like, that's just the bottom line. I have figured that out. I did not get clean by myself. Mm -hmm. I have a huge support network for myself. Uh Any change Mm -hmm. that I've ever made in a sustainable way has Mm -hmm. been because I've, I've reached out and sought help through someone like yourself for various, you know, reasons. And then they were able to help me, you know, work through that. So training wheels, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. They're there for a reason. They are there for a reason. And, um, so what would you say if, if you could think of like, um, and I know that you've worked with so many people, so this may be a hard, um, you know, question to answer, but can you think about a client that you just got really excited about? that made like the transformation that she wanted to make. Yeah. Well, all of my clients. Um, Well, yes, (laughs) I know that this is why I'm like, this is a hard question. I don't mean, you know, you've helped so many people and I know that. And I guess overall, um, not maybe a specific client, but I like using like an individual um, example. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. 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 Um, I will. Um, okay. So I have, I'll kind of generalize it, but well, no, you asked for a specific story. Okay. So let me think of somebody. You can, why don't you generalize and then back into. Okay. 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 Here's what typically happens. My, um, the people that come to me have tried a bunch of different things. They have very similar to my journey. They've tried the podcast. They've tried dry January. I love that. This is actually recording in in January. Yeah. 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 Um, They've tried some challenges. They've tried a couple, they've kind of toe dipped into some different areas Mm -hmm. and they intellectually understand. Mm -hmm. There is a big difference between that intellectual understanding and living it day to day Mm. because and like you said before, like the decision, well, I kind of, I, I, my, my stepmom made a comment to me one time, like, I don't understand why people need coaches. Don't they just decide and do it? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, if only, <laughs> <laughs> if only, right. <laughs> it would be easy. Yeah. My <laughs> life would be so much better decide. if I just decide and <laughs> did it all on my own. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, okay, must be nice. Um, and but that's a whole other story. I like to bring that up because right. like, <laughs> most humans are not like that. I mean, let's face yeah. it, right? There yeah. is a big, there's a big gap. Yeah. Even though in our society we're like, I want the immediate response. I want mm-hmm. the immediate, like, I want the payback immediately. Um, so they've already tried a bunch of different things, and then they realize that because they do have, maybe they've got a career, maybe they've got whatever, or typically like in, in a corporate environment, they are used to hiring help. They are used to like, 
if I have a team and I need, um, you know, creative help or something like that, then I'm going to go and I'm going to hire somebody to help me out. That will make it go. I'm going to get further faster mm. when that's the case, because I'm hiring out the skills that I need around the, so that I have who, who I need around the table so that it, it helps me perform better. It's my team, right? My mm. support team. You've got right. your support team, right? Absolutely. Um, and so when, when that flip occurs for them from this is a problem. I am, I, I need to hide this. I need to keep this undercover. I need to, you know, I can't talk to anybody about this to wait a minute. I can do something about this. Now that's a decision that's really powerful. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Absolutely. Like for me, for example, I, I'm going to, I will come back to like your, okay. your, your question here, mm-hmm. but like just a little side note is, you know, for me, I come from corporate marketing. I was in global marketing for over 20 years. I have that background and I do all of my marketing. Great, whatever. Um, I decided not too long ago that I wanted to hire somebody to help me with my copy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do it from a place of lack from, oh my God, I, there's a huge problem here. I did it from a place of, I really want to work with her. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to have like, somebody by my side. Mm-hmm. And this literally, I said to myself, like, this will be fun. This will be, I will get further faster. Yeah. So notice the shift there. Like it, it wasn't like, oh my God, this is a problem. I'm going to die. It was right. like, I, I, there's a hope there. There is a, like there, this will make me stronger. This will make me better. Right. Um, and I think that that's important, like just to recognize that there's not a save me energy. Right. Yeah. You're coming at it from um, more of a place of this is going to increase my capabilities. Right. Right. Because I know that I will get there at some point. There's also that there's a there's a belief in there that I know that I will get there some point. I need to figure out exactly how I need to do that. Like if I were to wallpaper my room or something. I'm going to do a little research, whatever. I, I could figure that out on my own. I could. I totally could. Yeah. Do I want to put in the time and effort? <laughs> right. And well, frustration. But, right. And frustration. And when someone else does this for a living yeah. and has done thousands yeah. of wallpapering yeah, yeah, yeah. over yeah. your first time of going through yeah. something, it's just where do we want to spend our time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, it also sounds like you, you got to a point where it's like, it would be nice to just have someone else yeah. by my side. So I don't feel like I'm out here doing all this. Well, it's not that I can't do it. Yeah. It's just that, is this like, would I want to spend my time doing something else? Like talking to more people and helping them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to come back. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I, That's okay. For that little tangent, I love it. But, <laughs> I love it. Very useful. Um, Thank you. So a lot of times this client is, has, has tried a bunch of different things, has come to this decision like, oh, I could, there are resources available to me. Mm-hmm. I could do this. And what that looks like is there are a lot of starts and stops. We want to believe that it's a straight line, but it's more like shoots and ladders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it gets discouraging when we fall down. I love shoots and ladders, right? <laughs> a lot of the newer generation, I'm not entirely sure. Remember shoots and ladders, right? Right, right. right. Oh, but it's a great like when you, when you said it, and I started picturing the game because you know sometimes you land on the like either the slide that you kind of slide back down and you have to work your way back up again. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm like absolutely right. Uh, sometimes you just find yourself like, dang, I just landed on that slide and I feel like I just moved backwards. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so like, just recognize similar to what we did earlier, like when we were talking, it's like that resistance comes up Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be a problem. And so I help my clients kind of work through that and like, see that as see that differently. That doesn't mean stop. Mm -hmm. I like to say, doubt the doubt before you doubt the goal. Yeah. The goal for a really long time. This doubt is just coming up because of the resistance and that's okay. Yeah. 
And so we work through a couple of different levels. We work through the thought work. Like, is there some, are there some limiting beliefs that you've got in there? Or is mm -hmm. this something that you just need to process? Like, is this something that you need help processing? Because your brain is saying, no, 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 we can't go there. It's dangerous. I'm going to die. I'm definitely going to die if I feel this. And so I help my clients kind of work through that. Yeah. And, you know, typically what will happen is when they when they're engaged in the process, of course, you know, we have to be engaged in the process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have to show up for calls. You, you, have to, you, like, you have to show, you have to do the things. The decision is just the beginning. Right, right, right. And I, <laughs> and I joke that like, you didn't hire me to come to your house and knock the drink out of your hand. Like nobody yeah. wants that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh -uh. So, um, you know, Typically they do have a different, much different relationship with alcohol and a different relationship with themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's wow. actually one of the first questions that I ask, or one of the questions that I ask when, when I first get on a call with somebody is like, what is your relationship? How would you qualify your relationship with yourself? Mm. Yeah. Just so often that is a reflection of your relationship with alcohol. Well, and it's such a powerful thing. And it goes back into one of the things that you know, I really reiterate, um, you know, even with my clients as they're looking at their own loved ones and they're like, mm -hmm. you know, if we just kind of take the substances away, then everything will be okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, mm, well, it's a start, but really it's the relationship that they begin to start having with themselves. That is where the work comes in. That's where the recovery comes in is developing a solid relationship because substances at the end of the day, aren't the problem. It's the relationships that we do have with ourselves. Right. And we have to really be paying attention and looking at, um, what is that relationship? And are we having a good relationship with ourselves? Cause I mean, and this, this may be um something that people may push back against when I say it but at the end of the day it's like every recovery person that sustains in recovery it's because they develop a really healthy relationship with themselves but in order to do that it's like paying attention to what it is that we're feeding ourselves whether it's food whether it's like how are we coping whether it's you know the alcohol it's like having a solid relationship is like what keeps people from going into those coping things. Yeah, totally. And, and I want to, I want to add to that. Like sure. there's the outer work and there's the inner work. Cause a lot of times when I say that to people, they're like, what do you mean? I don't even, mm -hmm. you're what that's like, woo woo. I don't know what that yeah. is. Right. <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah. How do I even, what does that even mean? And I like, I like to start small and say, are you listening to your inner dialogue? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. we know that there's, I call it Instagram porn where like, we've got these <laughs> quotes that are like super exciting. We're like, what the hell do I do about that? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. What I, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I feel good for like a hot second and then it just goes away. So I don't know what to right. do with it. Yeah. And so when I ask that question and people freeze up, I get it. I've been there totally bought the t-shirt. Yeah. Um, but it really does start with how we're feeding ourselves. Mm -hmm. What are we physically putting into our body? What are the, what are the words that we're saying to ourselves? Mm -hmm. Am I saying I'm such an idiot? Why'd I do that again? Versus yeah. what would I say to my child? What would I say to my best friend? Whatever. You'd never say that ever, yeah. ever, 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 ever. And that freaks people out. Cause they're like, again, We've bought into this myth that if we're nice to ourselves, then we're going to lay on the couch and eat chips and watch TV all day. Mm -hmm. And when you truly love somebody, you take good care of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, accurate. And there's places where like, if, you know, just to be completely transparent where it's like, I really love these things about myself and I don't love the other things about myself. And the other things that I don't love about myself is where I find myself wanting to cope a little bit more. And so mm -hmm. we're still work. me and Jen are still working on our relationship together. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that like, that is, that is 
so, and thank you for tra your transparency, for your honesty, because that is, I think that's everybody's work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's opening up to there are parts of me that I love and there are parts of me that I, that are, that I'm keeping in shadow because I don't love so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when we think about that from the perspective of think about a loved one, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe you don't love X, Y, Z about your partner or whatever snores, da, 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 leaves his socks on the floor, whatever it is like pulling back mm -hmm. as a whole, there's love. Absolutely. And like that, and particularly with your clients, when your mm -hmm. clients are, are thinking about the situation where they feel so powerless, the one power, the one thing that we all have is how we're choosing to show up. Mm -hmm. When we show up with love, that's always right. Yes. And how, how do we continue to show up? with love mm -hmm. and focus. Cause one of the things that I talk about my, my, my clients with, and you know, I'll never claim that I'm the most perfect person in this, but it's like, it's the truth of how do we look more at behaviors so that we can stay in love? I don't like it when you do X, Y, and Z, yeah. not, you know, like, you're not a great person or whatever it is. Right, right. <laughs> I don't like it when you behave like you robbing that store at gunpoint was not a behavior that I enjoyed watching. You do. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Not, I think you're a bad person. Just, yeah. I think that behavior was not in alignment with who I know that you are yeah. deep down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's how we stay you know, loving even towards the person mm -hmm. is, um, and this That's is where great distinction. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I think, um, you know, talking to like the families like that, it's, it's coming from separating the two. And then where do you find yourself of how you are manage your relationship with yourself through, you know, um, what their loved one is experiencing. Like, mm -hmm. and I think that's important because if you, if your if your loved one goes out and robs a convenience store at gunpoint, I'll just use that as an example. I know that's dramatic, but it happens. Right. And you start seeing yourself as a bad parent. Mm -hmm. That's going to influence not only the way that you feel about yourself, but the way that you feel about your loved mm -hmm. one. Right. It's mm -hmm. like, how do we separate the two? Mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't make you a bad parent. It's like, it's just what they are choosing to do with their lives at this totally, moment. Totally. And how and, do we still have that loving relationship? Yeah. And just to build on that, when we mm -hmm. think of ourselves as a bad parent, then we make it all about us and we actually mm -hmm. show up as a bad parent. Right. Right. Because right. we don't, because it's like one, we are going into parenting territory in a territory that is not about parenting, right? Right. At right. this point, it's no longer about parenting. It's about the relationship that you have with yourself and the relationship that you have with your loved one and the boundaries that we create around mm -hmm. that. And that includes the emotional boundaries, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and, um, the way that I see like boundaries and, and making them unbreakable is this idea that we have to live a very boundary lifestyle. And that goes a lot in conjunction with what you're talking about, where, you know, what am I okay with in my life? And what am I not okay with in my life? And then how can I live within what I am okay with and what I want for my life? And how do I want to feel about myself? Right. Right. You know, right. and we create boundaries as a lifestyle, not boundaries as walls, or mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, places in which we just push people away. So mm -hmm. how do yeah. we bring people in, in a safe way, including yeah. ourselves? Yeah. There's a lot of comfort in knowing exactly where the lines are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I just really want to thank you so much for, this was a really helpful podcast for me to listen more. Cause I'm like, all of a sudden I'm very aware of some challenges yeah. that I'm having with myself. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that there are people out there like you that are kind of going, well, let's look at that relationship that you do have with yourself and, and yeah. like what's coming up for you. And mm -hmm. you did that so brilliant. 
brilliantly. So I just really think you, what would like be one final thought to share with the audience? Well, I think, um, first of all, thank you for having me today. It's been what, what a delightful conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and I would say that for your listeners, I know that they're tuning in because they are, are struggling with a loved one. Mm-hmm. And, and so often what happens is we get sucked into this, the messaging that is all around us mm-hmm. that alcohol will help you cope or M&Ms are going to help you cope, whatever mm-hmm. it is, <laughs> insert right. whatever. So you're not alone by any stretch of the imagination. This is like, it's, you're like a fish in water, basically. <laughs> right. So I do have, um, I do have a free stopover drinking course mm-hmm. that I have on my website and I'll give you the link to that. And it's not like you have to show up at a specific time with on zoom or anything. It's just, it's delivered to your email, to your inbox. Awesome. And so, um, I want to offer that to anybody who would find that helpful. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And what's the easiest way for just the listeners to go find that? Like, what is your website? My website is carolineholkecoaching.com and it's C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E-H-O-L-K-E coaching.com. All one word. Excellent. And so it's right there on the homepage and, you know, I, I get it. I, I kind of lingered in the background for a little while before I I started (laughs) really engaging with people, which is totally normal, totally normal. So take advantage of the things that um, we've got available. There's a free resources page on my website as well. So, right. It's like, you have nothing to lose. And I know um, for the show notes, what um, that you sent me there, you also have like a YouTube channel that people yep. can go check out. And mm-hmm. uh, there's all kinds of really interesting topics. People can kind of get to know you that way and Instagram and Facebook and yep. Um, yep. those kinds of resources. All of that can be found uh, on the show notes. So like if you're in the car, you're listening to this, uh, you can go check out the unbreakable boundaries podcast.com and go find all her links so I think she has some fabulous information, both on her website and, um, on like her YouTube channel. You really feel like you kind of get to know even more about you, which I think thank is you. fabulous. I so, appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for, um, coming on this. This is very inspiring, very helpful for me. I have a lot to think about even for myself. So I appreciate <laughs> you. I really do. Oh, I good. really do. Good. <laughs> and uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want to listen to more or find more information out about this podcast and more of what I do to help families, you can go check out my page at unbreakableboundariespodcast.com. It's full of other great podcasts, just like this one and other great resources to look through. And please remember to share this podcast with others. You never know who may need to hear this. People are often hiding their battles in this arena and sharing is a great way to provide this valuable resource to a person you may not even know who needs it. And don't forget, there is always hope even when things seem the most hopeless.